my name is Gray McQuarrie. Welcome to another podcast episode of Does It Make Sense Living in Fear? We're going to continue on with this climate change stuff. Why? Because our president has said that this is an existential threat. It is the number one problem facing the nation. It's the number one problem facing the world. If I believe that, I would be scared out of my mind. For example, going to electric vehicles and going with wind and solar, well, most of the planet, Africa, India, China, they're not going to do anything about this. So we're doomed, aren't we? Does it make sense living in fear that the climate is going to be destroyed by carbon dioxide? So we have to talk about this some more. And I am going to show you what the real problem is that they're scared of, and it's not climate change. And I'm going to show you where the origin or the beginnings of this fear started. Does this article make sense? I found it doing a search, and I came up with this site called WHYY, and under that it says PBS and PR. This specific article is by the Associated Press, written by Seth Bornstein on February 28th, 2022. It says as a title, Landmark UN Climate Change Report, quotes, parts of the planet will become uninhabitable. Unquote. And it goes on. The UN report warns climate change will likely make the world sicker, hungrier, poorer, and more dangerous in the next 18 years with an, quote, unavoidable, unquote, increase in risks. Okay. What does likely mean? And what does sicker mean? And what does hungrier mean? And what's unavoidable? Let's, let's go on through this article. And it says, the UN government panel on climate change report said Monday, if human-caused global warming isn't limited to just another couple of tenths of a degree. Let me repeat that. It isn't limited to just another couple of tenths of degree. Does that make sense? When... I don't know. I I live in Arizona, and it can change like 20 degrees in one day, depending on whether it's in the fall or the spring. So, a tenth of degree? I'm confused. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, But let's continue. An earth now struck regularly by deadly heat, fires, floods, and drought in future decades will degrade in 
127 ways with some being potentially irreversible. What are these 127 ways? That's a really weird number to me. It goes on. The cumulative scientific evidence is unequivocal. Unequivocal. I've never known scientific evidence to be unequivocal. That just doesn't agree to me in terms of my training as a chemical engineer about the scientific method. But I'm going to go on here. Climate change is a threat to human well-being and planetary health. Okay. Says the major report designed to guide world leaders in their efforts to curb climate change, delaying cuts in heat-trapped carbon emissions, and waiting on adapting to warming's impacts. Okay. We don't know how to adapt to a few tenths of a degree centigrade. It warrants will miss a brief and rapidly closing window of opportunity to secure a livable and sustainable future for all. I want to repeat this one little phrase here. We'll miss a brief and rapidly closing window of opportunity. And my father would repeat to me as I was growing up that, for example, if I didn't get straight A's, that I, would, I was going to miss a brief and rapidly closing window of opportunity. My opportunities to live my life and this is when I was not even 20, I was like 15, 16, or 17, that I would have no opportunities. Imagine you're sitting in a class and a teacher is reading this to these young people. If we don't solve this so soon, and it looks like it's going to be impossible to solve, we are going to miss a brief and rapidly closing window of opportunity, and all of you are not going to have a future. At least it's not going to be as bright as what you've experienced so far. It's going to be much, much, much worse. You don't believe me in terms of what they're saying? Let's move farther down to the next paragraph where, lo and behold, let me start reading. Today's children... That's what it says. Today's children who may still be alive in the year 2100 are going to experience four times more climate extremes than they do now, even with only a few more tenths of a degree of warming over today's heat. But if temperatures increase nearly two more degrees Celsius from now, 3.4 degrees Fahrenheit, they would feel five times the floods, storms, drought, and heat waves, according to the collection of scientists at the IPCC. Now, what do you call people that can predict the future? This is 2100. How many years is that? 80? 77? So I guess 77 years, they can predict in 77 years if we don't do something, and they don't really define what that something is other than spend a lot of money. We'll get into that in another episode. That, eh, this is what we call them. We call them charlatans. Charlatans. I'm Gray McQuarrie, and you're listening to does it make sense living in fear? 
and we're talking about climate change. And why do I call them charlatans? If you look at the, the politicians and the experts that believe in this stuff and promote this stuff and go on and on about how Earth is coming to an end, where do they live? Do they live on the shores of Hawaii or the shores of Martha's Vineyard or on the shores of Southern or Northern California? Do they seem at all to be concerned about how the ocean is going to rise and displace millions, if not billions of people because the shorelines of all of the continents have moved because of these catastrophic floods caused by the melting of the glaciers and the ice on Greenland, for example, or Antarctica for that matter, which by the way, I believe that ice is growing and it's not shrinking. But we are not gonna go into the climate specific facts, just look at what the people and the behaviors are. And when you look at that from these experts, from these politicians, their carbon, Footprints haven't changed in the slightest since they started promoting this 10, 20, 30 years ago. So why, why do they do this? They do this because they don't believe in what they're saying. Therefore, they are charlatans. This is Gray McQuarrie. You are listening to my podcast, Does It Make Sense Living in Fear? A podcast about finding hope. I have found through my own experience when I confront someone that is a climate change activist on the details of the science, for example, of CO2, of the details of the atmosphere, and CO2 in atmosphere is something I've studied very closely because I was very concerned about our planet and what might be happening, and we'll get into that in another episode. And when I confront them on the facts, they deviate quickly away from climate change. So when I see their behavior... They haven't changed their carbon footprint. And that tells me that they don't believe. And so does my discussion because they deviate from the topic very quickly and they move on to something else. For example, surely you agree that there's despeciation caused by humans. And I don't agree with that. And We'll talk about that in another episode. And then they'll go on to the next thing. Well, surely you agree that the world is being depleted of resources at an exponential rate, like water, for example, like fossil fuel. We're going to run out in 40 years. That's what they'll claim. So, And we'll get to where they're going with this. But I shoot those arguments down. Then comes the final argument, and this is at the root of the religion. And there's a name for it, which we'll get to here in a second. But this is what they pose to me as their argument, their final argument. 
Surely you believe that the world is overpopulated, that there's too many people and we can't have the population growing any more. You heard it right. It's all about the population bomb. The Population Bomb was a book written by Paul Ehrlich in 1968. He said something to the effect, and I may have my numbers a little bit wrong, by about this time, the Earth's population was a billion or two. And he basically said that it was unequivocal and the window of opportunity was closing to stop this, that if Earth's population reached 4 billion people, there'd be mass, mass starvation and death, and our way of life would be nothing like they were experiencing it back in 1968, if this problem wasn't addressed. Today's population, I believe, is 8 billion. I don't think there have been any famines. Um, since he's written the book that were caused by overpopulation. All of the predictions that he made in the book, I mean, I think basically we should all be dead by now. That was one of his predictions. I can't remember which decade that was going to happen, 2000, 1990, I, I can't remember. All of his predictions were proven false, but yet we still prop this guy up on a pedestal. He still gets interviewed on 60 Minutes. People still cite him because he's an authority. He's an academic from a famous college. How could he be wrong, but yet he is wrong? Does that make sense to prop up a charlatan and celebrate them for being essentially a fraud? Does that make sense? I was scared out of my mind when... About 1969, 1970, I was showing a movie of fruit flies dying and a movie that basically said that the world is going to become overpopulated and it looks like we're all going to be dead in 10 to 15 years. And I was in fifth grade. It was very dark for me. I saw another, I saw my opportunity the doors of opportunity closing for me, that there wasn't going to be a future for me. Is that something we really want our children to be exposed to? Is that really the way we want our children to think in fear, to live in fear? And that's my point. This is exactly what the media and the politicians are trying to sell us on living in irrational fear. I am on a website right now by the Population Research Institute. The title over it is, What is the Myth of Overpopulation? And this myth is that the number of people on Earth will exceed the carrying capacity of the planet in the foreseeable future, leading to economic or social collapse and that actions ought to be taken to curb population growth. It's an unfounded myth. What they failed to realize is resources. 
that are available to us have grown at an exponential rate because of technology. And that's something we're going to discuss also on a future episode. Man is very resourceful, and we should have hope in that. We've done so very well. We've proven the population bomb wrong by billions upon billions upon billions of people. Anyway, they go on to to ask this question. Where did the overpopulation myth come from? Where was the source of this? What is really the source of this climate change religion? And again, I'm going to repeat, it is a religion. It isn't a science. This is from the website. In 1798, an Anglican minister by the name of Thomas Malthus published the first edition of his An Essay on the Principle of Population, where he speculated that under perfect economic conditions, humans reproduce exponentially, while their ability to increase agricultural output increases only linearly at best. Well, again, because of technology, that's totally and completely false. That's why we haven't run out of water, and we're going to talk about water in a future episode. It's why we haven't run out of food, and we'll talk about that in a future episode. But what do you do in the meantime? What do you do when you're confronted with an adult that claims that they believe in climate change, but when you look at their behaviors and how they live their life, it's clear that they don't? Well, you can't confront them on the facts, like the facts of CO2, that CO2 isn't a pollutant, that CO2 isn't raising the temperature of the earth by very much. You can't even detect it. Um, It's just theorized that it might be a fraction of a fraction of a degree, but We'll get into that in another episode as well. If you confront them with the facts and just start shooting down the climate change stuff, you're not going to get anywhere with the adult that believes that they're right, that they're morally better than you on this subject. The reason is, is they feel that ends justify means, and their real fear Their real belief is that the world is overpopulated. And if it grows much more, we're going to run out of food and water, and we're all going to die. That's what they're afraid of. They're not afraid of the earth increasing by a degree or two Celsius. That doesn't concern them at all. What they want is economic policies that are put in place that brings growth down to a slow crawl. And as long as that's happening, and as long as they have a job, and as long as they have money, your friends are just going to continue to live life and go to Cabo and party and whatever. And whatever the kids are told, well, ends justify means. If they're stressed out, oh, they're just kids. They'll get over the lie. It doesn't matter but it does. It does damage. Lies do damage to kids. Lives do damage to adults. 
So you don't challenge them on their belief or their stated belief on climate change, which by their behaviors, they really don't believe. You go after their belief on overpopulation. And what we do is some very simple math to expose the fallacy of overpopulation. Math like two plus two is equal to four. How many square feet are in the state of Texas? It's approximately 7.45 trillion square feet. How many people are on planet Earth? About 8 billion. So you could get your calculator out and take 8 billion and divide it by 7.45. And you're going to come up with some number just short of one, like 900 square feet per person. But let's assume that a household is four people, and four people would live in 1,000 square feet. That would be the quarter of the state of Texas. The entire population of planet Earth could fit in one quarter of the landmass of Texas. Does it make sense to live in fear of overpopulation? So what do you do when you have this conversation with an adult at a party or just as neighbors? Well, when they rattle about how climate change is putting the whole planet at risk, you can say, I really don't believe that. I choose not to live in fear. By the way, let me ask you a question. Do you think the world is overpopulated? And when they say, well, yes, of course the world is overpopulated. Overpopulation is a real problem. And you say, well, if you do simple math, you will find that the entire population of the planet can fit in one quarter of the state of Texas. So no, I choose not to be afraid of overpopulation and I choose not to be afraid of climate change. And what I believe in is I believe in hope for the future. I have hope that things are going to get exponentially better. You've been listening to me, Ray McQuarrie, on my podcast, Does It Make Sense to Live in Fear? And our goal is finding hope and belief a real belief in a positive future for us, for our family, and for our friends.